Have you heard of the imposter syndrome? Well, we're going to talk about that and more today with Michelle Gomez. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Hola, Reina High Money Queen. ¿Qué tal? How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. And I hope that you're getting used to that name of Reina, of Money Queen. I hope that you're embracing it because when you embrace that name, it gives you more confidence and power and just really it will help you propel you forward with your financial life. Well, let's move on because today I have someone I want you to meet. Her name is Michelle Gomez, the Latina career coach, and she is an accomplished corporate sales professional with over two decades of riding the waves of the corporate structure as a first-generation Latina American. The first in her family to graduate from college, she has earned a bachelor's degree in business management, a master's degree in business administration, and a certification in broadcast journalism. Throughout her career, Michelle has been an advocate for women in the workforce, leading the charge in speaking forums, business articles, and networking events. In today's episode, you're going to learn what she learned as a girl from the bank's automated line, as well as her mother's struggles as a single mom and what she took from it, and her dealings with imposter syndrome, what she did to overcome it, and what resulted, as well as her top tips in overcoming this imposter syndrome so you can improve your financial life. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money, queen of her money, Michelle. Bienvenida, Michelle. I'm excited and thrilled to have you here. Oh my gosh, Jen. I'm excited to be here too. What's up, Latina sister? How are you? Oh, I am good. How about you? You're all the way on the West Coast. I am, California. How about you? I am on the East Coast. Oh. You know, we're talking coast to coast yes, today. We are. <laughs> well, I'm excited to get to know you. I've been um, impressed about on what you do, just seeing another Latina leader out there doing her thing. I applaud you for that because we need to see more Latinas like you. I know we're out there. We're just either too humble or we are too afraid or we don't think we're good enough or who knows. And we're going to get probably, I'm sure, into that with you because of what you do. But first, let's start with your money story. Tell us what, how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you experienced. Okay. So I was raised by a single mother. So, you know, I watched struggle. I watched my mom really try to stretch her dollars and do well for herself as well and her kids. She was a, a very important corporate lady in her jobs. And so I always watched her dress well and, and we lived comfortably. We never went without. 
Um, but we never really got a chance to do like big vacations or buy a home, you know, initially because she struggled. And being the oldest of my siblings, my mom really let me be a part of what was going on financially. So she taught me, I think I was as young as 10. She taught me how to call like Bank of America and how to use their automated system to find out the checks and balances. So I knew early on how much we paid for rent, how much we paid for utilities. And as a result, I was able to create, understand the balance of what was left after everything was paid. And because I was privy to that stuff early, I found it really hard to ask her for stuff because I knew how strapped we were. I mean, we always dressed nice and we always looked nice. And like I said, we had insurance and we, you know, we lived fine. But when it came to things that I thought weren't important, you know, like shopping and and things like that, I I would not, I would tend not to ask because I didn't want to put a burden on her. And I knew her relationship with money would force her to want to buy me those things to make me feel better or make herself feel better. So I knew not to play with that when it came to relationship with money. And so you mentioned you knew her relationship with money. So was that one of, I will do anything for my kids and I will provide no matter yes. what? Or what would you, how would you define that? Well, she wanted to, I mean, my mom is a very proud woman. She's a very proud Latina. And you know how it is when your husband walks out on you and you want to prove to the world I can do fine without him. Me and my kids are going to be just fine. Don't you worry. You know, and so she worked really hard to make sure that the world knew that we were okay. Like I said, dress nice, bien alejados. You know, our house was always well put together. Even if it was a small little place, it was always well taken care of and clean and well decorated, you know, just to sort of show like we're, we don't need anything or anyone. And so I knew that if I, asked her for stuff, she wouldn't say no. She would say, let me figure it out or give me a few weeks and we'll make it happen. And I was aware that she was doing things like going to the pawn shop and things like that. And so I didn't want to add that bird because I know she wouldn't say no, not just because she loved me and because she was my mom, but, you know, again, proving to the world and to society that uh, we're we're fine without him. So I will make it work. And I didn't want to put that burden on her. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Now, how do you feel, let's fast forward, because you're currently a career coach yes. and are you coach Latinas uh, mainly or are you? Pretty much any, what is I your mean, focus? Latinas, I think I have, I have a specialty with working with Latinas gotcha. because I understand what they're going through and I understand what it takes to achieve the levels of success that's required from women like us or the um, level of ambition and why. I get your why, you okay. know, women of color more than anything. But I don't turn away anyone. I mean, I, I, I like to see women of all shapes, sizes, and colors. But uh, again, there's certain parts of my experience as a Latina in the corporate structure that aren't necessarily always understood by women uh, outside mm-hmm. of our community. Got it. Makes sense. So do you feel like uh, your upbringing and your money story, how do you feel that ties into why you're doing what you're doing today? Because you're uplifting Latinas, you're working with women in their careers to help them really 
jump whether through the hurdles and just be the best them. So how do you feel? I mean, I think I see a tie, but how do you feel? What impacted you to do what you're doing today? Well, what I try to do is really relate to money as an energy and an exchange of your expertise. So when you're in a job and you are showing up every day, it's really important to understand your value, your worth. And that's why it's an important step in my program when I work with my clients when we start to talk about the negotiation of higher salaries. Um, And this is where the Latina part really plays because many of women in our community have a difficult relationship with money. They've been taught that money is shameful, that people who have a lot of money are unhappy, or that people that are wealthy are working themselves rampant. And so there's some shame behind wanting more and advocating for more, right? Or they tend to use money as a vehicle for stuff, for things, because there's certain parts of their emotional, psychological being that feels that these empty spaces can be filled and somehow healed with things. And so I don't tell people how to spend their money, right? But I do relate to them. How is this going to change your life and the life of your family? And how how is it going to make it so that when you show up to work every Monday, you're happy to be there. You feel mm. fulfilled in being there. You know that that you are being fairly compensated, hopefully overcompensated for what you are doing because you'd bring tremendous value. And it's less of a slave to your career and more of an exchange of energy. You're there to bring brilliance and they're there to compensate you for your brilliance. Love it. Now, you part of your story is about the imposter syndrome. You even wrote a book about it. (laughs) So tell us what the imposter syndrome is. So we're all on the same page, as well as like what your challenges were early on and how you overcame it. So the imposter syndrome is a behavioral phenomenon where high achievers struggle to internalize their success. They basically have a propensity of explaining away their accomplishments rather than owning them. And when they do that, they show up to the world consistently worried and in fear about being discovered as a fraud or a phony among what we consider real deals walking around, right? And so I, it, this started to show up for me in a lot of ways in my career, in my parenting, in my marriage, because I thought that. I was the wrong everything coming into my my corporate job. I, I was very ambitious, but I was a woman. I was a Latina. And I was 19 when I started in the corporate structure. And I when I started in the logistics and supply chain industry, which is the industry that I cut my teeth in, you know, there was very unwelcoming around women of ethnic backgrounds that were young because it's like, oh, you're a kid. What do you know? You know, and so I was faced with a lot of obstacles so that I had to overcome them. And even though I felt like I could do this, I can do this well, society was telling me like, just take a break, pump your brakes. Okay, you'll get there. We'll let you know when you're ready. And so uh, Mm -hmm. it was difficult for me to really uh, sit in my successes as I achieved them because it was always something exterior telling me that um, it wasn't my time yet. And so I felt like an imposter because I'm like, but I thought I was capable of all this. And yet I'm still second guessing myself because I'm requiring validation from the outside world. And then when you read my book, you'll hear more about my imposter syndrome struggle as a Latina, as a daughter, first generation, only daughter in my family. You know, I had, I have my father leaving 
early on in my life, my brother who struggles with addiction and is in and out of prison. And so my family's falling apart. And I just thought to myself, maybe if I'm the poster child of success, if I'm the good kid, and I just, I'm always seeking those gold stars, I can somehow fix this, right? I thought, Mm. I thought my dad would like hear about it, you know, through the grapevine, like, oh, you should hear all the wonderful things Michelle's doing. And then he would like come back and be like a great guy for me. I thought that if my brother would see my accomplishments, that he would like, okay, great, I can do this. I, you know, maybe my sister can help me. And I'm going to, you know, if she can do this stuff, I can do this stuff. And it would kind of fix him, right? And more than anything, I wanted to fix my mother's heart because she was so brokenhearted. My father leaving, my brother is in and out of prison and and in, in addiction. And she was just always down on herself. Maybe that's why she overcompensated financially because she was always down on herself as not being enough, being a bad mother, being a bad woman. And so I, all my successes, I was like, mira, mami, mira. Look what I did, like, you know, trying to see like you're a good parent. And I and and nothing I did helped her. Nothing. I mean, a mother mm. is only as happy as her saddest child. And so I, I took a long time. But when you're working so hard and your your bosses and your teachers and your friends and your colleagues are like, oh wow, you're doing all these great things. That's amazing. But your own family can't see you you feel like an imposter. You feel like, well, then am I, is this all this real? Because the people closest to me should be able to see it. And right. so it was a journey, but I had to confront that. And so I did three years ago, I decided to um, take a different job in the supply chain industry. And I slowed down and I started to inquiry. I started to journal, started to meditate, pray, change the way I spoke to myself and about myself. That is so huge. Huge. And I realized that I'm not here to be successful to fix anyone or anything. I'm here to serve and to be able to use my expertise to help elevate other women to the positions that maybe they haven't gotten yet at my age. I'm under 40 and I've I've built a tremendous corporate career. And I realized that that took gut and grit and everything started changing for me when I started making it okay to show up as myself and that I was enough and that I'm capable, and I don't need external validation, and I don't need to fix anything. So I gave my mother's heart, I gave it to God, my brother and his addiction, I gave it to God. I called my dad out of nowhere and said, hey, I just want you to know, I forgive you, and I hope you have a great life, and, and I want nothing from you. I just need to know, I need to know that you're walking this earth forgiven from me. I can't give forgiveness for anyone else. My brother and my mom will forgive you on their own time but I need to walk with clarity and move on with my life. So I dropped those rocks and everything changed. Everything, my career, the way I spoke to myself, my health, my mental frame of mind, my finances, opportunities for career started to open. That's the beauty of healing is when you inquiry all that stuff and you start to really address those issues and you battle them head on, you realize that you were carrying this heavy backpack of armor that you didn't really, Mm -hmm. it wasn't yours to begin with. That is, I'm just, my mouth is just dropped. <laughs> I mean, my jaw, not my mouth or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, See? but that is just so powerful because you won, you, you did have a, put a lot of weight on your shoulders just by trying to, you know, working on succeeding and having their successes and it not being enough or trying to fix something that we can't fix, yeah. right? we can never ever fix others. I mean, we can only heal and 
um, and better ourselves because for others, it's on them. I mean, we can encourage them, but they have to be ready. Just like for a while, you, you were ready at a certain time. And when the time came, bam, and you saw a change that is powerful. So to be that you said you meditated, you prayed, you, I think, did you say you journaled? I journaled, or? I read, I, I mean, I love reading. It's part of the reason mm-hmm. why I became an author because I, I have such respect for authors. And so I was just, I read a book a month. And so, yeah, I just started reading books on things because I couldn't figure out why I was, when you're an imposter syndrome struggler, you tend to overwork yourself so much because you just want mm-hmm. approval and you want to prove and you want to, you want to show that you're worthy of all this success, you know? and I just never, I never knew this whole, this is a new thing for me about just showing up, being yourself and letting things come to you in a, at its right timing when you're, whenever it's right for mm-hmm. you, you know, instead of hustling and hustling for your worth. Right. And, um, so I, I, I never knew that. And so taking time to develop a self-care routine, which is something I didn't have three years ago of a self-care mm-hmm. routine of waking up in the morning and having that power hour with yourself, you know, before you step into the world and, and be anything to anyone else. Got to take care of you first. Right. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about imposter syndrome as it relates to money. Obviously, with you, once you tackled it and did the work. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Right, the inner work, your life changed, not just career-wise, but financially. So for those that are dealing with imposter syndrome in the sense of maybe, especially uh, Latinas, that maybe their background, whether education-wise or just money-wise was maybe of the lower income background, let's just yeah. say, and they feel like there's, that's, where, that's where they're meant to be, right. right? Because that's all they saw. So if, if it's that, or maybe they're working at the corporate uh, level and they are, are stuck in terms of they're not, they're not advancing their career, but they feel like, well, this is what I'm meant to be. This is where I'm at. I can't go any further yeah. without even questioning, right? So how would you, and or just earning more, right? Because of course, we both know, and those listening know that with the gender wage gap, it's, it's huge amongst Latinas. It's the biggest gap, 53% right? 53% today, yeah. 2019, 53%. Right. That is unacceptable, ladies. We got to do something. <laughs> right. And I, for me, like how I perceive it is there's a lot of different dynamics with that. One, yes, the advocacy, which is one part. The other, two, the other part is that we take career breaks. So that's, that's a part of the equation of like, why that? I mean, I've taken a career break to take care of kids. But I think the other piece too is really, we don't necessarily, not all of us. So if you're listening and this is not you, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, not towards tu, you, not hermana, but no, we're no. not, no, no, no. But we tend to, really, we need to have clarity around our money to be able to be confident, to have that confidence to go to the negotiation table and say, this is what I need. Because if we go up there and or across the hallway, wherever it is, and we just ask for more money, we need to be clear, not just how much value we bring, but really what our goals are 
personal totally. goals are, right? Yeah. So I think that's important. But I, I <laughs> sidetracked, I wanted to hear from you and what, when it comes to money, if you have the imposter syndrome and it's related to money, what are some tips? I mean, you mentioned reading, you mentioned journaling, mm-hmm. and those type of things. So what are there some things that you feel that we can do when we experience this? Okay. Well, I think first and foremost, with understanding the type of imposter syndrome, what I called in my book, I coined the phrase UCON. It's an acronym, stands for your unique cocktail of needs. So depending on your unique cocktail of needs, what you deem as competent or successful, got to address that first, because then I can understand your triggers. Okay. So there's five different competencies of the imposter syndrome. Like there's the perfectionist, the rugged individualist, the expert, the gosh, I'm blanking the expert, the superwoman, and the, I, I blanked on the fifth one, but there's five rugged individualists, expert, superwoman. Gosh, I can't believe it. I'm noted. Yeah. Um, I'm so, noted down, so it's fine. Um, so, Oh, the perfectionist, the natural genius, the expert, the rugged individualist, and the superwoman. So those are the five competency types. So depending on where you fall, they all have a, in my book, there's all, they all have an explanation, but once you read them through and you figure out which ones you are, usually most women are a combination of two or three, right? They'll say, oh, I'm the expert with a little bit of the superwoman and some of that in rugged individualist, right? So once you understand what your triggers are, That'll help you understand as it relates to money, why you buy things, why you don't buy things, why you save, why you don't save, you know, and, and as Latinos, we have been taught early on by our parents because they came here, you know, as first generation, and they don't know a lot or don't have access to a lot Mm -hmm. of the benefits that are here. They don't understand the value of making your money work for you rather than you work for your money. Right. And so we were taught you make money, you pay your bills and you go shopping. You make money, you pay your bills and you go shop because it's about the stuff, right? It's about, mm-hmm. so really as an imposter syndrome struggler, understand your relationship with money and understand your relationship with how you value yourself with material things, because that could explain where a lot of your money is going. And then understand that you get to decide your reality and it doesn't have to be about your culture all the time. I was fortunate that I'm early on in my career, I had a boss. He was a Caucasian middle-aged man who came, even though he worked, he came from money. He didn't have to work, but he chose to. And so his family had trust funds and, you know, and he, he talked to me all about like the generational wealth that his family was building. So I didn't know any of this terminology before I met him. And so taking what he talked to me about and he explained to me how this works and how his kids were going to be taken care of and his grandkids were going to be taken care of. And I was like, huh, okay, legacy, got it. So I be open to that stuff, you know, 401ks, Roth IRAs, compound mm-hmm. interest accounts, you know, saving up to six months of your expenses, you know, really, you know, looking at how you can make your money, pay yourself first. And make your money generate a revenue for you at some point that you can live off of, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than looking at the temporary sort of benefit, you know, is it going to be better to spend a five to $800 on a car, you know, a brand new car, just so that you could look cool in a brand new car? Or do you want to put four or $500 a month into a compound interest account? 
or throw that in your mm-hmm. 401k and let your employer match a portion of it, mm-hmm. you know? So this, these are the thoughts around how changing your relationship to spending and changing your relationship to money, because really, if you have a shameful relationship with money to you, if you, it's shameful, then how is it that we can be so quick to go buy Michael Kors bags and go spend 75 to $100 for eyelash extensions? But, you know, God forbid we have, mm-hmm. a, we have a trust fund set up for our kids. So, I mean, life insurance, all these things are there. And so I, I started working on that early. I started my 401k at 19. And then, Good on thank you. you. And then, yeah, my husband's Roth IRA. Then we started Franklin 529 scholarship funds for my kids. And then we rolled all that up into a trust fund. So we have all that set up. So my kids are taken care of if something should happen. My, and then if it doesn't happen to my kids, it'll happen for my grandkids. So, I mean, either way, it's generational wealth. But it's easy to get caught up on that. And rather, like, why put money in that when, you know, we could just play the lottery? Or why put money aside when you can, you know, life is not promised. Just enjoy today. So if you want to go to a Louis Vuitton store, do it today. So it's a relationship with what makes you valuable. And when I talk to my clients, it's about who you are as a person, not what you have. Love it. That is so powerful. Not only your story, but the nuggets that you just gave. This has been fantastic. So I wanted to do some quick, fun questions with you. So just some brief answers to get to know you better. So what is your Latino background, your heritage? So I'm what's called Equad Mix. So my my mom is Ecuadoriana. She's from uh, Guayaquil. My grandma and my mom from Guayaquil, Ecuador. My dad is Mexican-American. His family is from Chihuahua, Mexico. Interesting. I love seeing all this. Um, I love Ecuador. I've been to Quito. I never went to Guayaquil, yeah. but I've been Quito's to Quito. Quito's the, the capital. Yes. Yes. Have family there. How about your favorite part of our Latino culture or the particular Ecuadorian? You know, I got to tell you, I think the most beautiful thing about the Latino culture, the Hispanic culture is our warmth. We just, mm. you know, I, I tell my clients that as Latinas, you guys have a specific advantage in things like networking because you mm-hmm. already come in with this warmth, right? And, mm-hmm. and people just love la confianza and la simpatia. Mm-hmm. Los abrazos. Sí, you know, like, and, and it's, you know, let's not negate this exoticness about us, right? So I think uh, that's what I love the most. I, I can be in the coldest, most gray corporate structure, but the minute I catch an eye of like another hermana or hermano, I'm like, hola, ¿cómo estás, amigo? You know, like they're like, hola, you know, and it's just like this, like this is connection, right? And so I love yes. that about our community. I really do. Love it. How about your proudest money moment? Oh, you know what? I just had one. My, uh, and I don't even know if it's, I can consider it a money moment, but I just learned that I have achieved the highest credit score I've ever had in my entire life. The highest. I love it. And I'll give you a hint. It's in the 800s. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. I mean, that's awesome. That's a, yeah. I, it's, I mean, I've paid off a lot of debt over the years. And so that's helped a lot. But that's a big one. I just learned that a couple weeks ago. That is awesome. How about just based on your experience and what you've uh, learned over your life journey? Uh, what would you say is your best piece of money advice for the Latina listening right now? Uh, 
Honestly, hermanas, you guys got to get really clear on your relationship with money first and foremost, because it's energy. It's just a thing not to devalue money because you can do a lot more with money than you can without. And not having money creates a lot of stress, right? So I would ask you to question, you know, sit down and really think about what money does for you. Is it a resource or is it your value? So once you can change that, you can change your life because then making it a resource will increase your net worth. So your value is going to get impacted anyway. Might as well go that route. Those are powerful pet questions. <laughs> so definitely take notes on that. And the last question is, what is one thing that many people know about you that you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, gosh. What do many people not know about me? I have a weird phobia of snails. I can't explain it. I don't like snails at all. I think I had a traumatic experience as a child where somebody tried to scare me with snails when I was a kid. I must have been like seven or eight years old. Since then, I, you know, snails, they like move really, really slow. But if I, and they're, slimy. And they're slimy and gross. But if I like walk the path and there's one in front of me, I will literally walk like a mile away to avoid it. Cause I, I just, it's weird. I get it. It's, but it makes my skin crawl. I don't like them. So, oh my goodness. Anything that squirms. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Me, for me, it doesn't, snails, anything. I love it. Oh goodness. Anyways. So, this has been absolutely fantastic, Michelle. I admire you. I applaud you. you. We definitely keep doing what you're doing. You're such a great example for us Latinas. So just keep doing what you're doing. I loved everything that you shared. I, your story is so impactful and phenomenal. So I appreciate you and just you being here and taking your time. Oh, thank you. To talk thank to you us. for having me. Michelle is something else, isn't she? If you want to connect more with Michelle, you can go to michellegomezwithaz.com and you will find that link in today's show notes if you're driving or somewhere that you can't just write this link down. Moving on in today's episode, the reina of the week is a part of the show that's new where we recognize una mujer one woman that has been working hard on becoming the reina of her dinero. In other words, the queen of her money. And today, the reina of the week is Bethany. From what I have seen continually, she's been just progressing in her financial life from paying off debt. And I love how much she shares in the community because she's continuously sharing in the community. And most recently, she took a vacation to Mexico and stayed within her budget, which is so fabulous. So she had enough to vacation, enough to do all that she wanted to do, and stayed within her budget, which is amazing. So if you want to nominate someone who you feel should be recognized, make sure you submit your nomination to jenhemphill.com forward slash reina of the week. This mujer, this woman can be anybody. It doesn't have to be someone that's currently listening to the podcast. It could be someone that you just met, a really close friend, someone in your family, a coworker, whoever it is, just someone that maybe has inspired you maybe, or maybe someone that you feel deserves a recognition. They don't have to have everything together in their financial life. The point here is that they're working hard and they're making progress and they're doing what they need to be doing. All right? So I hope that you nominate 
someone. Now, this next segment is the Pregunta of the Week. Cada semana, each week, we ask a new question, which by answering it, you get the opportunity to unlock a bonus freebie answering four questions in that month's theme. Of course, the question doesn't have to be related to the theme. So just warning you, because today's question is not related to the theme. It's more of a fun question. Today's question is, I'm curious if you remember, what is Michelle's proudest money moment? To answer the Pregunta of the Week, you need a free account in the Her Dinero Matters Hub, formerly known as the Her Money Matters Academy. Please note, you already have a free account if you receive my emails or if you have grabbed the My Daily Money Ritual PDF or have made any purchase within that hub. All you have to do is go to Her Dinero Matters Hub to log in or reset your password or to start a free account, you just go by there to that specific website and grab the My Daily Money Ritual. The Pregunta of the Week is announced in each episode, like you heard today. And after you answer the four questions for that month, you will unlock a fabulous freebie for you. No worries. You will get an email notification and directions on where to download it. Hint, the freebie will be downloaded from your fabulous Her Dinero Matters hub. This month's freebie is a PDF that is a checklist to help you and your significant other just mark off different areas in your financial life as you get them done to make not only your relationship so much easier, but your money as well. Again, to access this month's freebie, you need to answer all the four questions. And if you're listening to this at a later date, you can still grab the freebie by answering the questions for that month's theme, which in this case is love and money. Next week on the podcast, La próxima semana, we will meet serial entrepreneur Danae Escanaverino, and we will learn how she turned her financial life around after years of making money easily, but then finding herself that she wasn't managing to keep it. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Michelle for joining us, for sharing her story, for sharing all her fabulous tips. You can check out more on where to find her over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 174. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe, you never know when someone is in pain in their financial life. Just the sheer fact that you share this podcast or this episode may be that push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until then, stay consistent on those money actions, those habits that you're forming, so you can not only just be the reina of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.